I have I have peed next to both Doc Emmerich and Sean McDonough, uh, which I think is pretty impressive given the fact that at the both same now, time, not at the same time. Did you Sean take McDonough? One or two did not. Um, both are. I don't know. I wasn't expecting much from either. Both kind of squirrely looking guys, balding guys. But uh, Doc, uh, where was McDonough? Was at a Villanova game. Then he was brushing his teeth and trash in the restroom of the pavilion, the public restroom, and trash talking his friend on the phone about BC because it was the Nova BC game, <clears throat> Nova one. And Doc Emmerich was at a Flyers Penguins game in the press box and. Uh, First game after the strike. You haven't lived until you've peed, and, and behind you comes this booming voice, going to be back in the saddle again. Uh, that, that was my Doc Emmerich. There Kyle stood, hand on his Johnson, other hand on the wall. It Scott. appears as though he has picked the outside of the urinals to choose. Down, down to Pierre Maguire. Go ahead, Pierre. Thanks, Doc. Uh, Sidney Crosby. Sidney... Sidney Crosby, back to you, Doc. <laughs> Great reporting as always, Pierre. I'm Kyle surprised neither of you worked this. Juicy scores. Scars. Surprised neither of you worked this. Skittered it in there. That seemed like an opportune uh, time. Oh, skittered! I like that. He skitters a lot. I like starting the podcast with peeing stories. Good job, Kyle. I'm proud of you. And welcome to the Crossing Broadcast. How is everybody this morning? We are well. We are well. How are you, Russ? I'm not. I am not well. Why? I, I uh, must have a the stomach bug that has gone around my school. I am out today. It's been about fifteen minutes since my last trip to the uh, to the porcelain throne. Ooh, two bathroom references this morning. The the longest Doc I've made Emmerich it to call it. Uh, the Spiders longest I think I've there. made it at this point is like thirty minutes. So. Uh, Yep. Jesus Christ. Well, every know, time you every time you go in today, just yell "scar," and it'll feel like you're actually accomplishing something. I hope I'm. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Russ, guess what? The Flyers are one and one after wins over the Sun Sun Sharks and a loss over the Kings. <laughs> Did you say the Sun Sharks or the San Jose Sharks? The San Jose Sharks. Oh, they're very okay. they're very broy. Wow. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Sixers. And, of course, we're going to preview the Eagles. But since you're sick, Kyle, we should start off and give Russ a bone and let Russ talk quick hockey. Uh, Russ, well, what are your takes on the Flyers as far one and one into the season with Wayne Simmons a hat trick and then losing and being shut out last night? I really enjoyed the people who took me to task on Twitter. I'd like to uh, sincerely apologize to all of the Flyers fans. I didn't realize we had so many who listened to the podcast about me saying incorrectly that the Flyers haven't made the playoffs in two years. They've missed the playoffs three out of five years. Sorry. Um, there were some, I, I guess, positive takeaways. Wayne Simmons in the, San Jose, in the uh, San Jose game scored the first hat trick on opening night in Flyers history, so that was pretty exciting. Um, team looks good. It looks like Chiru's doing a pretty good job as of right now, adjusting to left wing. Um that was really the, I think the the largest part of it. Uh, Ghost, who had the hockey upper body injury that a lot of people were speculating was a concussion, ends up playing had three assists in the first game. There were a lot of, a lot of positives to take away from it. Um, San Jose going in there and getting a win on the road, especially to start your season, it's it's not an easy first game. To come away with the win is is awesome. 
the the game last night, I did not see much of in between trips to the Banyo. But I will say that uh, Sanheim making his debut is exciting. Uh, looked like they had Brandon Manning sitting up in the uh, the club box, which is which is exciting. Somebody on Twitter asked me about why Sam Moran uh, didn't start or something like that. And my only guess would be L.A. is a big team, and they thought that they would beat them with speed and quickness, and hence you would play a Sanheim and just try to play the, the counter matchup instead of trying to match them brute for brute. But... Um, you know what? Like one and one when you start on the West Coast, I think is a a good way to start the season for the Flyers. Can't complain. Seems, seems to be a few early takeaways at this point. One, uh, the power play. Three for their first three, um, with new coach Chuck Nublock, who I will henceforth Ooh. call him. I don't know his first name, but any Nublock is a Chuck Nublock to me. Uh, he has been brought in to revamp the power play. And uh, going three for your first three in the first regular season game can't get much better than that. Uh, they didn't score on their following two, and then obviously they were shut out last night, so they've regressed back down to uh, normal. But it looks good. They're moving the puck. It's not just, hey, Giroux stands at the top of the circle and waves his stick like a madman and then takes a, a hatchet swing at the puck, hoping that it finds the upper corner of the net. That is not a sustainable strategy. So it looks good. They're moving the puck very quickly. Like shockingly quickly, NHL, uh, NHL, you know, 90, uh, 2003 quickly, where it's like, that's too fast. They don't move it like that in real life. That's how they're moving the puck. So I'll take that as a positive. Uh, one of Anthony's observations from the game against the Sharks was that Couturier, centering the top line, is going to have to be able to finish and put up some sort of production. He's a better offensive player than people give him credit for, but he has trouble finishing. Quite honestly, this is was my problem playing hockey in high school, too. I would get the scoring opportunities. I couldn't put the puck in the net frequently enough. Uh, Couturier last night had a puck you know, dead in the center and managed to do pretty much like not even something resembling a hockey move uh, in alone on the goalie. Voracek did the same thing. The Flyers had a 3-0-1 last night that resulted in Jake Voracek just skating the puck into the goalie. Both of those things uh, a little bit concerning from top-line guys. And I think this will continue to be the Flyers' problem, is that they just don't have a true first-line elite talent to capitalize on those opportunities and cost them last night. Uh, goaltending has been pretty solid. Michael Neuvert with an incredible save. Incredible awesome. save. Seriously, like, the, like our Slack chat lit up. Like, Anthony, like, GIF, I need a GIF. need a GIF for my piece. And, you know, Twitter had 1,500 GIFs within... I was counting to see how long it takes people to gift stuff, and I would say uh, several accounts, including Chris with us, had a, within two minutes we had a cut-up gift. So that's pretty impressive. Can I just say really quickly, you that said something. <laughs> yeah, no. You said something that is one of, I think, my pet peeves in sports. I don't know if anybody mm. else feels like this. Here anytime, comes a chihuahua. Ding dong. <laughs> no. Um, anytime somebody mentions the, the name of the chihuahua. sport. No, what? what? No. The, the Gilbert Godfrey Chihuahua. I'm at your front door. No, um, anytime somebody <laughs> shows up, like anytime anybody talks about a move or a game and they use the sports name in front of it, you said like he made a hockey move. Well, of course he made a hockey move. He plays hockey. It's like, I, no, what kind I was of, trying that to. Kind of, it's like, oh, that's a good. I don't know, Kyle. That's, that's a good point. It, that's it, a good. I've, the the I've Giants never... win a football game. Of course they did. They played football. I do yeah. like that take. That's a good rust take right there. That is a good take, and I do I disdain. I'm waiting for like Claude that was a great... with a basketball upstep. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we've got a, a Euro step. Like, why? No, it doesn't happen. That's just Can strange. I respond? Um, yes. I yeah I no. do I do hate that. Hey, that was a great football play in this football game. Totally agree with you. The reason I said it like that was because I don't know what he did. I think I was talking about Voracek. I don't know what he did. It was a three on one, and he didn't shoot. He didn't pass. He didn't try and deke the goalie. He just sort of eh, the puck into the. I think this you know the stick was flat along the ice. So that's why I said a hockey move. I don't know what he did. It wasn't anything resembling an, an action like that animation that he did is not in a video game, which to me. You know, it's not a hockey move at that point. So it's a hockey a, move is yeah. a catch-all for when you don't know how to describe what a player just did. I got it. Pretty much, a hockey move is he, he shot it, he passed it, he he deked him, he tripped, he checked somebody. Like, he didn't do anything. He just sort of, yeah, with the puck. It's so, the Swiss Army know. knife of uh, of commentary. It is. All right. I fell asleep at the end of the game. They lost 2 nothing, but... Uh, okay, overall, not you know, somewhat somewhat decent start. Take one and one. They got two more games yeah. on the West before coming home because the NHL is so dumb. Let's put the Flyers for let's let's put one of our five marquee teams. I don't know if I went on this rant last podcast. Yes, you, did. you did. You did. Okay. All right. You did. Go ahead. But you can do it again. You do. No. It sucks. Just give them like put them on in prime time. It's so stupid. Why does the opening get like why not, why don't night. they have an opening night Flyers Penguins game? It gets great ratings. It's it like sets the tone for the season. Thank you. I don't get. This, I don't get. That it. is the night I peed next to Doc Emmerich. They were coming off the uh, coming off the strike. It was the big Flyers Penguins game to start the year, and, and Doc mm-hmm. was good to be back in the saddle. But it doesn't need to be Penguins. I went back. The Comcast cut up the first goals of the Flyers season every year since like ninety nine, or I guess since they've been broadcasting games ninety seven, and they put it on Twitter the other day, and I was chronicling there were a few west there was an edmonton game in there god god help us if i was around for uh for that rant but yeah most of them were against eastern teams there was a few floridas mixed in but there was a boston there's a pittsburgh i think there's a rangers a lot of home games just this isn't hard put your best teams open the season the nfl gets crap but but, you know you put the thursday night game the pay it doesn't matter from a markets from a it's like the yankees in baseball for a few years the yankees haven't been the best team but they still get the big matchups because they draw an audience the flyers are easily a top five u.s market probably a top it's probably you know flyers rangers penguins in the u.s red wings maybe um you know and then you know canada's a little bit of a different sport because you know they have their own broadcast and stuff but you got one like put Flyers Bruins and then nine o'clock Penguins Rangers <laughs> ratings done. I'm I'm a TV exec. Not hard. Well, not hard. It would be kind of stupid to not have Connor McDavid in either game, but you know, again, in you the do US, you. Uh, um, but in the U.S. though, I mean, people aren't tuning in to see Edmonton, even though he's the best, pl- you know, most exciting player. Kyle covers domestic. Russ loves global. It's a battle to the end. Russ is like, why don't uh, we put the ECHL on from from uh, Sweden? Why don't we put the Swedish Elite League? So while you guys got really excited about the Flyers, which, don't get me wrong, I'm getting excited about too, and when they play at a normal time, I'm totally going to watch them. But there's two blue lines, Adam, two. There's two of them now? There's oh, two. Man, They've the, added a this second in is, recent years. This sport is growing. Uh, <laughs> did you guys watch the Sixers? Yes. Yep. Did you check out the preseason game? Because yes. I got wildly excited watching Mr. Simmons and 
Mr. Benjamin, and I'm tempted to start watch parties in New York for the Sixers game this year um, because, uh, yeah, I think I think I might. I don't know. Maurice is like has a whole life with like a family and stuff, and I'm I don't have that yet, so I'm more willing to watch at bars. Uh, but man, Simmons is such a baller. I'm so excited. Fultz, I'm excited, kind of, but Simmons, I'm so excited about. He could be, ahead, Kyle. yeah, well, I, you, you said this the other day. I mean, I think a lot of people have been saying this this summer. He got, he got overlooked for a little while last year because the whole, whole season last year was about Embiid and then the injuries. And that was pretty much the two storylines. And the summer has been mostly about the draft and then the trade and Fultz and then Embiid getting healthy. And then it's like, oh yeah, when training camp started and, and video was surfacing of Simmons late in the summer, people where we're like, oh, yeah, we got the number one overall pick who is probably better than Fultz out of the gate and was arguably the top guy coming into the draft over the last five years. He's a freak athletically. He's He works out with LeBron. Like You could just tell in terms of phys- physical condition where like Simmons and Fultz are on different planes. And this is why I think a lot of the Fultz stuff is takey and the Chick-fil-A thing is fun. But he, he was on com- – uh, of NBC Sports Philly, don't call me Philadelphia, with Rob Ellis doing the pick six. Other and way. what's that? Yeah, I said other way. You have Philadelphia, Philadelphia, don't call me Philly. Plus, I think it was was it on the Plus channel? It was not on Plus. Two? It was on it was on minus minus or equal sign, whatever it is. Um, the original, the goat, the OG, whatever. Uh, Rob Ellis doing the pick six. You haven't lived because until you hear Rob Ellis give an awkward pick six to Markel Fultz, who himself is awkward. But they said, besides Chick-fil-A, what do you like to eat? So naturally, Fultz answers cheesesteak. And he comments that he's at Larry's a lot. I, he's been here for like three months. Um, I suspect if you ask that question to Simmons, you would get one of those, I'm not putting that shit in my body answers that T.O. gives and, and the elite athletes give. So no, that's a little bit of a take on Fultz. What's that? Sim- Simmons has said, said ishkabib. Ishkabibbles. Oh, did, did he really? Yeah. I suspect Simmons puts way less cheesesteaks in his body than Fultz. I would just, that would just be a, a healthy guess. Re- well, regardless. Regardless. I'm not trying to crap on Fultz. Um, Simmons looks like an elite athlete. I think he trains like one, and that was apparent on day one. And Brett Brown said as much. He's like, I don't view this guy as a... Um, you know, a true rookie. He's like a rookie. Plus, he had a year here. He's a special breed. Uh, watching him bring, I was trying to explain to my wife how impressive it was to see a six foot ten man dribble the way he dribbles, and and you know, rebound so the ball, smooth. take it up to court. And she she wasn't getting it. She just wanted to know where Chris Humphreys was because he was on the Kardashians. That's just, I was like, he's that's the guy awful. everybody's booing. I was at a New York City club one time, and I was. Uh, uh, buying a drink for like $40 and I looked up and Chris Humphreys was next to me. And you know, that moment where there's like two dudes like at a bar in a club and you kind of like look at each other and you kind of like do a head nod and you look back. That was it. And I was like, man, I was like, I have so many questions for Chris Humphreys, but I'm not asking a single one. And I was like, cause I don't want to be like, dude, being like, Hey, Chris Humphreys. Cause who the fuck is Chris Humphreys? And, uh, that's my Chris Humphreys story. Wow. You should right. put that on the website. I still don't get why, like... No, I was looking around. I was like, is there anybody that's had a lot of surgery? Oh, there's too many to count. Okay, never mind. I don't get why people are so confused why Chris Humphreys gets booed. 
or like why he got booed in the preseason game. A lot of the people who were at the blue white scrimmage were probably also at that game. And the fact that like nobody understands. So for those who missed it uh, at the blue white scrimmage, Simmons had a breakaway. He was going to be all by himself, half the court to go showtime. Let's go for a nice dunk. Nice moment with the fans and Simmons. And Chris Humphreys wrapped him up, yanked the jersey. Everybody booed him from there on out for like the next two periods. A lot of those people were probably at the center for the first preseason game. Uh. And that's why he got booed. And I don't like, I mean, I don't think it's that complicated. He's also not a very good player. He also, like, for as much as people like to say that Jaleel Okafor is where possession goes to die, like, that's Chris (laughs) Humphreys as well. So, like, except Jaleel actually has decent post moves and, you know, is a vegan. So he gets Lefko points for that. Um, Dude, vegan jaw got a lot of fanfare. He's so skinny. Like, when I saw him in person, I thought, where's the rest of him? That was the first thought. And the second thought is, his head is huge. And the third thought is, man, he actually looks quicker. Like, defensive... I, guys, in that, in that game, he actually rebounded the ball. Like, this is a, a real thing. He had five rebounds in the game. No, six. He had six. Emeka Okafor had five in half as many minutes. So now that doesn't look as good. I'm looking at the box score. Um... But Ja had six rebounds in 19 minutes. Um, I, I, he was an atrocious rebounder through his first two years in the league. So that that little bit of uh, quickness on the defensive boards, maybe he'll be the uh, third center. Maybe he won't get beaten out by Emeka Okafor. I say that in jest. I, he, I like Ja. I want Ja to be successful. Um, but he you know, he looked. Yeah, he he looked pretty decent, I would say. I've always been a fan of the fact that it's, in this day and age, again, it's not the type of game the Sixers want to play. But having a guy with his offensive abilities, his post moves, his first shot was a little step back from the the baseline, it's hard to find. And I would hate to get rid of that guy because he has other holes in his game. I would feel like, I would hope that a good coach can make use of his skills. But, man, there were still some possessions. And I don't know. I'm sure there's a stat person who can give me this. I know there's a lot of advanced stats. The close thing I can come up with is is, um, uh, usage, you know, whoever finishes the possession with the ball in their hands. I would love to know if there's a stat with how long a guy holds the ball before getting rid of it on average, whether that's ending the possession like how long, you know, the usage stat with time associated with it, because I feel like there are some times where he gets the ball and it's not just that he, the possession is over, he's doing something with it. It's that it takes so long, other people clear out. There was one where everyone cleared out and I think it was TJ McConnell or Stauskas, I, I can't tell, they sort of look alike from a distance, ran the baseline and ran through the baseline and then Ja went to the net. And it's like... There was so much time in there, and that's still that's still a downside with him. There was another time where Simmons, uh, Ja had the ball like at the elbow, uh, a little bit higher maybe. Simmons gained the paint, had a, had his a step on his man, had two inches on him because he's a, a friggin' beast and a freak. Called for the ball, didn't get it. Barked something at Ja. I was twice I counted Simmons barked at Ja during the game. And the very next possession, or not even possession, the next play, because it, it remained the Sixers' ball, it was like a foul. 
Um, Simmons is being double teamed in the paint, clearly not open. Ja, sort of freaked out, I'm guessing, by Simmons' ferocity, tried to throw it to him, threw it into a crowd, turnover, ball went the other way, and it's like, oh, yes, this is the Jaleel Okafor that I remember. So he looked better. He ran the floor well. He looks good skinny, but it's, he's still well, going to be frustrating. He's still the same so, person, and I don't know how big his head is. I don't, he doesn't have Al Roker, fat guy gone skinny head. Uh, so really I quick, uh, I know that, that people freak out about this, and I was one of those people. Um, Jaleel in 2016, plus minus wise, this is where we always talk about like he's a, an offensively gifted guy, but he's terribly he's terrible defensively. Um, last year he averaged a minus 6.4 points per game, plus minus. Uh, in this in this first preseason game, he was second on the team with a plus four. So that's that. Like, look, it's a small sample size. I get it. It's 19 minutes. Uh, but in fairness, a lot of your starters only played 22 minutes. So, like, to, to compare him against how a lot of those starters did, like, his plus-minus being a positive is good, especially if he's going to be your second or third center. Like, you need him to beat up on lesser talents at the center position. Like, it, it he is actually in a position where I think he can probably bring a lot to the table for the team. So we should be hoping that he does well. I don't see a way that he jumps over Rashawn as the backup center. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, I do think Rashawn will get time at the four, but they're so they're such so a monster when he, yeah, you know, when he so gets loaded. that ball underneath. It's it's quite frankly scary. The ferocity that he goes up with. Well, so it's, word it's, of the day is Friday ferocity. Ooh. I usually key on something. Longtime readers of the website will know that I sort of get a new word and then I'll use it to death for about six weeks and then it, then it disappears. Fall is instead of the summer of George, it's the fall of ferocity. I like mm. it. I like yeah. it. My best friend in high school was uh, nicknamed Ferocious, uh, which was has nothing to do with anything actually. But that was his yeah. nickname was Ferocious. Ferocious. What was your nickname? Ferocious. What was your nickname uh, in high school? Six one zero six three two. I thought you were Russ. Me. What was your nickname though? Mine was Deuce. Nice. Um, I don't want to say what mine was. Oh yes. Yep. Go ahead. Spider cricket. Now, oh, dude, I've got, I've got so many of them around me right now. I brought Chihuahua. my vacuum cleaner. I brought my vacuum cleaner down here with me because the vacuum yeah, is if, my my if best you don't neutralization go, tool. If you don't leave to go to the bathroom because you're sick and or suck up a spider cricket with your vacuum while we're recording, this is a disappointment. I almost practice. did. This thing like crawled towards me, and now it just then went suck the it couch. up. We want to hear I it. Tried. Here's the thing, though: when they're so tiny, they're so much faster. The big ones are actually easy to get off the wall because it just goes, but it did not work right now. Yeah, so Russ is talking about spider crickets, which I've never seen, but they sound appalling. They look like <laughs> spiders. They have like the bendy legs, like a tarantula, but they're crickets. So like the positive is if it lands on you, it's not going to like spider you. It's just going to be like be a dumb cricket. But what, I, what does it mean to spider you? I don't know. Like it could, I don't know, bite you and inject you with venom, Turn you wrap, you up, wrap you up in its web. Make you a superhero that that Marvel and Sony fight about the rights to for years. Yeah. What do you think the chances are that that Rice Russ has used the phrase "I'm going to spider you" in the bedroom at one point in his life? Ooh. That's a that's just disgusting. I, I think it's I think it's pretty high. I think it's very high. Oh uh, oh uh, oh! Uh, spidering. Wait, Russ. What was your nickname in high school? So I went to a high school that was uh, it was <laughs> it was 99% white. And I happen to have like a, a darker Italian olive. Eighty percent coal. 
Oh, yeah. I, and, this could uh, be going to a bad place. This could be really yeah, bad. I don't want to say it. it. It does go to a bad place. It was. I was the darkest kid in our in our grade for the most part. Was uh, it the N word with with an A? No, no, of course not. That would be <laughs> right, that would be terrible. No, that's why I said I, I'm not going to say what it was. But uh, no, nope. What the fuck? Oh man, um, Kyle, did you have a nickname in high school? I don't remember. Um, honestly, Duke, you fraud. You know what your name was in fraud. high school? Fraud. Boo. Uh, boo. Boo. Um, He's making, he's making it no, up. Not, he's making it up. I would, I would totally tell you. My nickname was Ferocious Kyle. <laughs> no, yeah. My name was no. Klepto Kyle because I would walk into the school store and steal all of the number two pencils. <laughs> no. Um, Guys, I'm going to be a journalist what? someday. I'm going to run a blog. I need, I need as many pencils as you have. Come on, Be- Beatrice. Get me the rest of the pens. What are you doing? Stacy, Brenda. I need the notebooks. I need them now. It's pretty li- sexist of you to assume was... that only women work in the library. Yeah, it w- this wasn't a Lou Bega song. Cam, New- Cam Newton. Uh, okay, let's. Should we talk about faults? Because I know everyone is chopping yes. at the bit here. Uh, um, no, who's no, who's no got the? Oh, what's your take on faults? Uh, you want me to go first? I was going to. Yes, I was going to have one of you la- have a bad take and then correct it. No, I, let me. Uh, I'll just go really fast. Faults is exactly what I said he he was after the scrimmage. He was now the one nice thing about him was he took 13 shots in the game. He pulled the trigger on shots. The thing is and the thing that like Bill Simmons of all people was criticizing him for and reworking his jump shot, uh he went 2 for 13 on the night, had 4 points. My my issue with him in the scrimmage was he was passive. Um and he's got I think somebody on Twitter said he's got Tracy McGrady face. Uh which is fine. But my, Ooh, I guess the Jim my, Brewer face. Yeah, where it's like he's not going to look like he's working hard, but he's working hard. Like I, I said, it's like Vince Carter. Vince Carter always made everything look easy. Didn't have to have a ferocious face to do it. Um, my awesome. only concern is that I'm hoping that Fultz's rework jumper isn't affecting him. I think it's getting used to the speed of the game and the size of the defenders, the quickness, the new angles, the new schemes. Uh, I just hope he's not going to get lost in his own head. That's my only fear. The positive is that he's got guys like Simmons and Embiid now who are going to take all of the spotlight away, and he's going to be able to kind of, I think, at least to some extent, fly under the radar. You mean you mean Black Roger Federer? Yo, that was a fantastic nickname. That's that an all-time from... great by, by Joel. That is Almost as good as Kyle's high school nickname. <laughs> it turns out it was actually the the Black Andre Agassi, so how about that? That, that was your nickname? <laughs> yeah. Ow. Damn it, Russ. Jeez, Russ. Jeez. Kyle, what's your, what's your super spot-on false take? No, I, I was actually going to give um, – first of all, the uh, black Roger Federer quote was came from a John Gonzalez question. I think he's two for two in eliciting worthy, fun quotes. Uh, the other – he was the one who asked uh, Brett – Brown about Simmons running and playing tennis and Brown said his man of the people line, which wasn't as good, but uh, I give credit for Gonzo for extracting the offbeat quotes. Um, Gonzo who was, lives out West now. Yeah. Back in, yeah. Brett Brown. I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you heard the audio or if, if it was out there, but uh, when he asked this question, Brett Brown gave it, Oh, yo, you're back. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm here to cover you. Um, anyway, I was going to give Russ credit for his scrimmage take because 
while I think it would be too early to jump to any conclusion on faults, your description of him looking a little bit out of sorts and lost and disinterested is definitely the wrong word. Uh, but that was the look that it gave off. I, I would I would say that was fair. Again, we're talking a couple of preseason games. He's going to be just fine. Like Everybody stopped freaking out. Lonzo Ball is shooting 33%. He had six points the other night. He's got an ankle injury. Like this, Everyone sees the ball highlights and they're like, oh, holy shit, Like this is what it should be like. And everyone sees Simmons, and you're like, oh, holy shit, Like why is Fultz not like this? And you see Embiid last year, same deal. Most guys aren't like that. Um, Ball just has a cool highlight reel. Simmons has had a year, and he's a freak. He might be the best pro- – he- he it legitimately could be a top five NBA player. He's a freak. Um, you know, faults like just give him a little time. But I would say that it was I was more concerned at seeing him off the ball. Like there's a lot of work to be done there in terms of him getting open. And when he was on the floor with Simmons, I'm less concerned about when he was by himself because he showed some quickness. He showed some flashy moves. He did drive into traffic and he got a little bit of tunnel vision at times because you could tell he was pressing. He just wanted to. You know, we wanted to put up some points, especially in the second half there. That will come. Like, you, that will come. He's got the ability. We've seen the ability. He does look hesitant about a shot. But I'm worried about the him playing alongside Simmons because only once, both of his baskets were uh, was a layup and a dunk. The one layup, he ran the baseline and got a nice pass from Simmons and put it in. And that was a nice play by both of them. That was the only time I really recall him sort of getting into a scoring position off the ball. And watching them with the ball, it's so obvious that Ben Simmons, with it in his hands, is a such a dominant force because he could do so much. He collapses the D. He could pass. He has a that finishing with that right hand is just goofy looking, but it, it's effective. So I like that's the thing that concerns me more. I think it's going to be a little bit of a work in progress seeing him playing off the ball with a with Simmons, and it might just be that they got to play together for a while. But I don't that's know. The I wasn't. Part. I, I wasn't thrilled with the way he looked. I was hoping for a little bit more. I didn't like how neither him nor Simmons, I don't think, took one true jump shot from any sort of range. Um, I don't know how many opportunities Fultz had either, but you're gonna need you're gonna need you know we need Fultz being able to shoot and oh no, and you're gonna need you're gonna need him especially when we do Ryan Rosillo's idea of trading him beat. So absolutely, absolutely. So. This is why yeah. Philadelphia is the dumbest city in uh, in America. Do you have a Fultz Says take, Colin Howard? Uh, my Fultz take is that uh, I didn't see any any of him popping, which is really uh, unfortunate. But uh, I do think to Russ's point about changing the shot, that is the confidence level of a of a of a basketball player. And as soon as you start messing with something that is innate. I think you start thinking more and then it start, instead of playing, you're thinking. So I hope that's not what's going on, but it's very early. And I think the Chick-fil-A jokes are funny until the national, until we're not the ones making them. It's funny. And that's what I, I'm worried about is all of a sudden I'm starting to see like national people being like, I don't know. Fultz is out of shape. All that Chick-fil-A. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like get out of our face. But, um, I yeah, I want him to shoot more. He just he has no presence out there. And I don't know if he doesn't have any presence or if Simmons just has so much presence. Um I get I get amazed just watching Simmons running up and down the court. Like it's yeah. 
it really is incredible to watch and how quickly he gets by people and how effortless his takes to the basket are. And I, and obviously I would like some of them to go in more, but his moves are so effective and his vision is so incredible that it was hard for me to really focus on anybody else. I enjoyed watching JJ Raddick kind of organizing the team and, and, and see the, like how excited the team got from hit, hitting that four point play. Uh, midway or in the beginning of the second half of that game, I believe it was, or end of the first half. But yeah, I, I think this team is going to be entertaining no matter what. And the good thing is there's so many guys that we're watching develop uh, that there's always something to entertain whether or not the team's winning or not. Um, but I will say I'm not going to get excited about Vegan Ja. I tweeted it out, but I'm not. This uh, He's still letting up so many people on defense, but... Uh, no, I, I think, uh, Fultz was not a, was a huge shining star, but I'm also not going to get down on him after one preseason game. So really quick, uh, while you mentioned JJ, I love the veteran leadership that JJ brings to the table because after the game, he was asked about, you know, assimilating into the culture of the Sixers and what they have. And he didn't really pull any punches, but he did it in the professional way. Um, saying that the Sixers should have been able to take it to the Grizzlies more in the second half. Alluding to the fact that, you know, the, the, the hustle wasn't there, that the team kind of gave up in the second half, like albeit it's the first preseason game of the year, uh, and that he needs to help motivate those guys to, uh, you know, keep the level of play up. Like, that's the kind of good veteran leadership I want somebody like J.J. Redick to bring to the table. Um, hot take alert. If boop, boop, ba, ba, doop, boop, ba, doop, ba, doop, update alert. Here's my only issue that I, I really have with faults. If Here it comes. His spin move, right, is his signature move. It's the thing yes. that everybody talked about. If his spin move is going to be the only thing that he can contribute, that is a move to beat a guy off the dribble, and he goes to the well too much. Like, I think we've seen him, I, uh, I will say, between the scrimmage and between this first preseason game and even in the summer league. If that is going to be his go-to move, and he's going to use that every time, he's going to get eaten up. He'll, he'll get eaten alive by NBA point guards. Like, it is a devastating move as a change of pace. But when you know to sit back and wait on the spin, like, I, I do not see him having as much success with it at the pro level, which is where him needing to find that that solid jump shot uh, becomes even more important. The other, I guess, slight issue I have is, like I said the other day, Ben Simmons is not willing to shoot the ball. He looks afraid to take jump shots. I know that he actually popped a couple, or he popped three threes on the day, missed all three, um, which I guess is a positive sign. At least he's trying to shoot. But one of these guys has to be able to knock down jump shots. And I think, like, to make a cross-sport comparison, the thing that we're watching Fultz do, trying to learn a new position on the on, like at the pro level, is kind of like what Giroux is going through playing on the left wing. Now, the difference is that Giroux has been an elite talent at some point in his career. He's got many years of experience in his league. But the idea of having to go to the to the pro level and learn a new position is is difficult for anybody. And the idea that like Fultz was going to jump in right away and become this like dead-on knockdown three-point shooter or uh, a guy that you can just pass the ball off to and, and become a catch-and-shoot too... Like, I think if anybody was expecting that, at least in the early going, it was unrealistic at, at best. Um, I, I, I think Fultz is going to need to show that he can shoot. 
And that'll take so much pressure off of Simmons. Because right now, if you're a team, Simmons can do whatever he wants with the ball. He'll go coast to coast. He looks like he's gliding on water. Like he does to me, like it's, it's a great description. It's one of, it's one of the, the best things to watch. Like it's like how the old NBA live games, they used to say it looks like the guys were skating, which was a, mm-hmm. you know, a, an insult. But Simmons really does look like that. He does. He looks like he moves on the court like no one else on the floor does. He can do whatever he wants and get wherever he wants with the ball. But if they know that they can start to collapse the defense on him because nobody can knock down a shot outside of like maybe JJ, then it becomes an issue. But um, they, they're going to grow together. Like it, it, it is a it's an exciting thing to watch. But they they're going to have to help each other, and so, that's part of what their rookie year is going to be. It's still exciting. I think they're still going to be really good players. I think Simmons is going to be awesome. But they can help each other exponentially by by doing the small things as they play um, together. Um, can they do all of the small things? Um, no. I, I couldn't remember the, the uh, next lyric to that. I'm sorry. Truth care. Truth, truth care. bring. Um, do we actually know it or are we just mouthing things? Truth care. Truth, truth care bring. is what it is. That's, okay. uh, that's Blink, right? It one is of my, before that's one of my top three. Is, is that is that blink? That's one of my top three most disliked, overrated bands slash artists of all time. Oh, you're incorrect, and we're not going there. So, um, so on my, you're on my list with Bruce Springsteen and Green Day. So, uh, your th- your thing on Fultz, uh He he's going to like he will be the shooter, and it does suck that he he messed with his jump shot. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out to everybody right now who is probably screaming into their headset, like, it's one preseason game. We get that, okay? It's been, we've been doing this, what, seven seven months now? And this is the first opportunity we really had to talk um, Flyers and Sixers reactionary podcast. Like, that was sort of the whole idea behind this pod, was we're going to do it in the morning, so when stuff happens on weeknights and other podcasts take you know, a week to come out with the exception of, of Eagles pods, we're going to have takes on that stuff. So we know that, but we've had one real Sixers, real in quotes, Sixers game to talk about, and we're excited to talk about it. So just, I want to like make clear to everyone, we're well aware there's a, there's our takes based on one preseason game. We're just reacting to what we saw because hell, it's the first time we've had, we've got real sports this week and uh, it's exciting. Um, but I agree with you about Simmons looking like he's gliding. That's a good, very good description of him. He just sort of moves down the floor. He's not like running. He just moves there. Um, and I appreciate the NBA live reference. Those guys did skate around. Um, got a question for you guys. I want to switch it up real quick. Big, uh, internet debate the last few days. Candy corn. Hate it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. No. Here's the misconception what, with candy what's, corn. What's good about candy corn? Here's the misconception. It tastes good. Candy yes. corn, candy good corn is like candy corn is the Halloween equivalent of the uh, the fake grass left at the bottom of your Easter basket. Nobody eats it. Nobody what? really likes that it's there, but they accept huh. that it's a thing. I we eat have, the shit out of candy corn. Yeah, we have a glass. I pumpkin. like to bite off each section. Oh, no. bite off the white, bite off the yellow, bite off the orange. Oh yeah. It's a really good textural bite. It's granular. It, yeah, upset it's, me. we we have a glass pumpkin in our kitchen right now every October, uh, filled with candy corn. The thing with candy corn is people, I think, diabetes. eat it. The, what's that? You're gonna get diabetes. <laughs> I'm worried about your health. The thing with candy is corn. Candy corn. 
yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a pressed yolk. No, I guess that would not be vegan. Um, what's the stuff? Oh, tofu. There we go. It's, the people eat candy corn wrong. I think people who are judging it are like, oh, I got a pack of M&Ms. I eat a pack of M&Ms. If I ate a pack of candy corn, I would throw up. If That is true. Candy corn is not meant to be eaten as like a, a singular unit. It's a bowl. It's a bowl candy. And I think once you understand that it's a bowl candy and you go in the kitchen or wherever the bowl is, someone's office, and you're like, oh, hey, candy corn. I'm just going to reach my hand in. Not grab a handful. Grab like three candy corn and just munch on them for a second if you want to taste the rainbow like adam does then by all means do that that is where it excels it's a it's a stop by candy it's not a hey i'm gonna sit down and eat candy now and i think people misinterpret that you included russ once you understand that that it's not mm -hmm. like a session it's not a session candy Mm -hmm. so really quick do you guys uh here's a little trivia little joy trivia uh do you guys know where candy corn originated cornholia no. Do you know what country the, the creators of it were from? That was my guess. Hint, it, is not, it is not Los Estados Unidos. They uh, it was actually Germans. Oh, the Germans. After the, after, after the Civil War, Gustav and Albert Goodlitz, uh, they came to the U.S. and they created candy corn. Uh, originally, they called it chicken feed. So um, there you go. The more you know. Um, the Germans have a unbelievable candy history. They produced they the... The best candy on the market, bar none. Our gummy bears. Thank you, thank you. Um, there is no other. Gonna, black Forest that being the best candy, but you could do Black okay. Forest in a pinch. Haribo is better. Um, even there, I'm usually I, I don't like to mess with gummies like gummy rocket chips, all that stuff. It just tastes weird. It's too sugary. The bear is the perfect size. I will say though that I have a thing of Haribo Plains in the house right now, like tropical flavored. My brother-in-law got me. Uh, he travels a lot, and he he's brought me bags actually from Germany with the you know without the U.S. import packaging. Very very appreciative of that. Uh, and someone we got booed for Halloween, and someone in our neighborhood left us a bag of Halloween um, shaped Haribos. Also, is good, not as good as the Bears, but most of those things suck. So, um, anyone have thoughts on Haribo? I like to freeze them. So a whole a new world if you freeze them. Two minutes after saying. This is a podcast that's reacting to Sixers and Flyers games. We've now devolved into candy conversation. That's why Kyle's nickname in high school is the Candy Man. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay, I see you, Bull. Okay. Somewhat okay. on topic here, 6ABC just tweeted, Pumpkin Spice Scare, Pumpkin Spice Scent, Sickens Four People. Uh, it looks like some sort of a church or rectory. That is a, Make it five. All right, so I've got another unpopular opinion. I don't get the deal with pumpkin spice. I don't think that. I not, think that's actually become the popular opinion. Yeah, Russ, I'm not. You're, Russ yeah, is late to this. Three party. years behind. I've gotten into so many arguments with people about pumpkin spice, so I, I feel like even I if it is the mainstream, I'm surrounded. Me. I'm surrounded by pumpkin spice lovers. I don't get it. I've never understood it. I just it upsets I, me. I think more apropos for for our audience would be pumpkin beers and everybody's stance. on Don't those. like them. Do not like them at all. At do all, they make I, tequila? I, I do not like green like, eggs and ham. Like here's what I guess they make pumpkin tequila. That's a good question. Ugh. So like here's here's the thing. So my my best friend Sam is getting married tomorrow, and he Sammy he Sam throws I am. Out, 
he throws out the beer list, right? And I think he said that <laughs> did, one of them is. Please tell is, me you said to him, I do not like them, Sam. I am. I've, I've pulled many lines on him before. Um, but one of, like, one of the things was I think he said that one of the beers they're going to have is Pumpkin. And, and like, mm. people are excited about that because, you know, pumpkin beer for it's a wedding in the fall. And all I'm thinking of myself is, I don't like pumpkin. I just don't. And I didn't tell him that. I don't want to hurt his feelings. But now he's like going to hear this. Pie? Pumpkin pie, I'm a little bit iffy on. I like to have it with uh, some whipped cream. I don't want to just eat a slice of pumpkin pie. I need an accessory with it, an, an ancillary, complimentary It's very product. flan-like, but I do like it. Good reference there. Well done. Yes. Flan. I used to be a very thorough pumpkin spice latte drinker. That was until I, I once saw the lady behind the counter squirting the syrup in. And I was like, what the fuck am I drinking? And then I saw a post on a conspiracy Facebook website, likely sourced from Russia, and I was completely <laughs> afraid of all of the Wait, chemicals. Hold on a second. So, uh, other oh, side note of, of crazy of like crazy nations. Did you guys see the thing about Walmart and Aldi salmon that they're say uh, the AP reported that people who bought salmon at Aldi or or Walmart, which would be me, uh, might have have somehow backdoor helped the North Koreans. Uh, to fund their nuclear program. That's a real what? thing. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up. But yes, that I saw that tweeted yesterday by AP. Were they caught off sad. Korea or something? I have no idea. I mean, if it's good salmon, I'm not going to, you know. It is. I, I, I'm a big old oh, carrier. That, sentence, big, literally, that yeah. sentence literally at the core of it had people that bought salmon at Walmart. And that's where, as a New Yorker, I'm just going to go, what the fuck are you doing, Russ? Stop buying fish. Where you also buy school supplies. This is not <laughs> smart eating. Habits. Oh, I don't. I don't shop at Wally at Wally World. I said. I said. I'm a. I'm an Aldi's guy. Aldi nah. and Costco. Those are my. That's my one-two punch. A- Adam, do you have thoughts on pumpkin beer? Uh, yeah. I told you I drink tequila. I don't know what all oh, this you beer were... shit is. Really? Yeah, I'm being very. I like. I like beer, but like I would not. Like, for me to order a beer, I'm not going to be able to drink the whole thing. It's just too much fucking shit. Like, I, when I go out, I genuinely like tequila soda. That's, like, my, it's light. It gives me a good buzz. And, like, I have a good time. But, like, beer, like, a pumpkin beer, that sounds like a meal. Like, it's just too much. I, uh, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I've recently uh, begun... For certain types of beer lately, and I order I order Yingling because for the longest oh, time I wasn't able to get it. When I lived in Nebraska and Kentucky, they didn't have it, so it became the most overrated beer ever because I wanted it so bad, even though it's a very average, below average. You stop. That is the pride of my hometown. I will not yeah. have you slander the good fine folks of I said Pennsylvania. I ordered it. No, but then you called it an average beer. It is. And then I said it was and a below average beer. See, now <laughs> I'm going to, I know that you're bigger. It's, I know it's a better, a, it's a mm, better Bud Light. Mm, oh, mm, it's mm. good. Uh, you're upsetting me. I, mm, it, Russ's mm. entire town was founded upon, it was, it was built upon Dick Yingling. Um, the, I, that's Most a popular opinion, by the way. Partially true. That is a popular opinion for people who have left town. Uh, even going back to college, I have friends from college, went to school in Carolina, and they would, when they came home, they would bring like, four cases of Yingling in their trunk back because they couldn't get it. Down yeah, I'll I'll say this about Yingling, I you know it's fine. Um, if you get a fresh, I've gotten multiple skunked kegs and 
or bottles of Yingling throughout my life, well, uh, which is bad considering it's local and that that shouldn't be the case. I will say when you get a super fresh Yingling keg, um, every now and then the Wells Fargo, if you get a Yingling and you could tell that it is a pretty fresh keg, fresh Yingling on tap is is quite delicious. But your odds of actually getting it really fresh, I feel like it does, just does not hold its freshness long. Is like so. You let know, me one let me educate. Six. Oh, hold on. Before oh. you before you do, idea for the arenas, they should have a sign, very much like Krispy Kreme, where it's it lights up and goes keg just tapped. Mm. Don't you think if you were walking and all of a sudden the light went on that said fresh keg just tapped, you wouldn't go? Damn, I need to go get a beer. Then you could would, raise beer sales. How would you feel about it if they if they did like a tiered pricing scale that it was more expensive at the start? So like if the average Ooh. price is six dollars, but if you get it right as it's tapped, it's eight dollars, and then as you work your way down to it, like being almost at it's down to four. Well, I would pay that. I would pay that. You'd pay I, the eight. I like oh, what yeah, you're my, thinking my here. Grandma would, you, would you buy so one? Would you buy one for four though? Uh, Does it depend on your point in the night? It does depend on the point of the night. Because okay. at the point where I want fours, I'm like excited to get the four. Okay, that's fair. I like your thinking here, but I think I think the logistics of it are flawed. They go through those kegs for most beers, maybe not some of the more unpopular beers. They probably go through more than one a night at, so, at each. Sounds like at, that light will be on a lot. It will be on a lot, but the freshness isn't coming from the top or bottom of the keg. If you're going through the whole keg in, in one or two nights, it's it's going to be every bit as fresh. The, the whole keg is going to be equally as fresh. I think what they need to do is they need to put the brood on date lighting up. This should be a thing for all mm. bars. That's what really like makes the five difference. Five Guys has the uh, Your French Fries Today came from the yeah. friendly farms of Idaho. Yeah. Well, a um, few years really- ago, hold on, Russ, hold on. A few okay. years ago, Budweiser did a promotion at Lincoln Financial Field, I think for one of the preseason games, where all the beer in the stadium was brewed within either 24 or 48 hours, and they wanted to show people what it was when their freshness guarantee came out, whatever it was, and they had a marketing campaign around it. And they wanted to show people how much better fresh beer tastes. And I admire Budweiser, whose beer sucks, to do this, because it is even their beer is better fresh. I like that, though. Um, but that's really tough. Like, logistically, it's it's damn near impossible. You would think a place like Yingling could implement that, and yet I've gotten multiple skunked Yingling kegs so, in my existence, which is disheartening. This is just, like, one little point. I think you guys probably know this. Most of the people who are listening probably know this. I can't speak to the keg, but to the bottle. The, the biggest issue that Yingling has faced as they've rolled out uh, into more regions is the fact that their bottles for lager are green as are they for Chesterfield Ale, which we in the Skook call Chetty. Um, just so you know, obviously green green bottles allow more light to pass through, which makes it more likely that the beer will skunk, versus a nice dark brown bottle, like their black and tan, or, or their porter, or, or porter are found in. Um, so that's why a lot of times you will find a skunked lager, because it comes in that green bottle. Yeah, I well, that's good beer analysis by you and i think that's why a lot of the craft beers go to cans now because it, it speaking of so, speaking of something green that we don't want to skunk i think it's time to preview the eagles good transition thanks eagles three and one cardinals two and two cardinals defense is a top 10 in the nfl carson palmer the most sacked quarterback well 17 times behind an offensive line has no ass or legs. Larry Fitzgerald, the Philadelphia Eagle nightmare over the last few years. 
Will he rear his ugly head? The running game of the Cardinals is not that strong, even though Andre Ellington has been a force catching the ball out of the backfield. John Brown seems to be his old smoke self as he gets back defensively. Be careful of Hassan Riddick, Temple product, and also middle linebacker paired up with Dayon Buchanan. The speed is palpable. Chandler Jones on the front line, Patrick Peterson on the back. It should be a tough matchup. The Eagles are favored by seven. I don't think they're going to cover, but I do think they're going to win this game. Um, that line tells me a lot. So I didn't realize it was seven. By the way, how did your bet work out last night? Fuck. <laughs> I just Patriot, answered. Patriots five and a half, huh? Pa- Patriots one by five. Oh, no. Was well, that no, a left here, lock? Yeah, here's the thing that sucks. Vegas is it's, good. They're good. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing that sucks, because the line changed when Gronk went out to four. So there's nothing like pit placing your bets on a Wednesday night. Like if that was actually my money, I would have waited till the injury report came out and then the line dropped to four. So the Patriots wasn't your money. No, it's we do this thing where we bet they give us a hundred dollars for each game. It's not my real money. Oh, I thought you placed the because you tweeted. I bet eight hundred dollars. I thought you placed like a real. You don't you don't watch Simpsons. Kyle's not a big Sims the left coat guy. <laughs> I did actually go in and watch the link of you talking about it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I skipped ahead to where you were talking about it. Yep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, That's bullshit. Oh, Grog did play. Well, now I don't, now I don't I, feel as bad. I was actually rooting against the – I was rooting for, for that sad sack uh, Nick Folk to make a field goal uh, just so I can needle you today. And now it wasn't even real money. I'm disappointed. Nick Falk, what a loser. You know what I thought of when I was watching Nick Falk? I went, Jake Elliott is the fucking man. Like, every time I watch a kicker miss a kick, I'm like, thank God we got Jake. Yeah, so uh, let's have a moment to uh, rank the Elliots of Philadelphia. We have Jake, Jack, and Brian. Uh, three play for three teams. I think Jake is easily in first place, even though he has a very small sample size, followed by Jack and then Brian. Um. <laughs> Kyle's Kyle went, oh. You guys know just, what teams these guys play for, right? Because they all play in Philly. I yes, yeah, I just course. sometimes okay. I just don't know how to respond okay. to uh uh to, to your side. I just get I know I get one flummoxed. of them plays soccer. Jack uh, does. He's okay. your, your candidate. And then Brian, of course, gave up three goals in the Flyers yes. first game. I was not weighing in and on then Jack didn't get to start last night. I honestly had no idea and I was afraid that he was like the new Phillies call up at the end of the year or something that I completely missed. So there he goes. Mm. He plays for the union, which, which makes sense. Um, the Cardinals, I, here's, here's my fear about the Cardinals. That lines a lot. Um, Bruce Arians was the first coach, I think to expose Chip Kelly. He's a good coach. I hate his fucking hat and glasses. Really? I cannot hate it more. Uh, he's come back to neutral with me. I've hated him because of that. He's come back to neutral because All or Nothing on Amazon was really good, and he was he was kind of the man there, if not a little bit annoying at times with his weird southern, whatever the hell that is, accent. Um, but he was the first guy in 2014 after the Eagles won that uh, Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys, and it looked like, holy shit, they are competing for a bye now. Chip Kelly is the real deal. We're a year and a half in. Everyone talks about that first season being the big one, and now it's like, wow, the Eagles are legit, and 
I think it was like there was like Cardinals, Seahawks, and and someone else in the span, and Cowboys again in the span of three weeks, and the Eagles lost all three. And to me, it was the Cardinals game, the night game, where you were like, man, this is um like like Chip's got problems, and I feel like Bruce Arians is a good enough coach to exploit um, Doug Peterson's scheming, and I don't like this game at all. The line makes me feel better about it. That's super high. But I, I don't like this at all. The Cardinals' defense is pretty good. The Eagles aren't going to run the ball successfully. They're going to have to do their gadget think and dunk thing to score. Um, just don't, not. I don't have a good feeling about this. It's a really tough matchup, and you're right to feel that much doubt because Arizona's defense really is legit. And the scary thing is, can Bruce dial up some plays early on? I think if if the Cardinals jump out to an early lead, it gets really scary. Uh, just because Carson's going to have to do some stuff and Patrick Peterson's going to shut down whoever he's defending. But if the Eagles jump out to a lead, it could be a big win for the Eagles. Like that's my, that's my game prediction. If the Eagles jump out to a lead, they win by a lot. If the Cardinals jump out to a lead, it could be a scary, a scary, scary win or a really disappointing loss. What guys, what do you guys have as a score? I'm going to go 23 to 20 Philadelphia. So they don't cover, but they win. We always go in the 20s. So I'm going to go disappointing. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 19, 17 Cardinals. No, wait, got to pick a weird Doug Peterson score. I'm going to go eh, like that was a weird score. 17, 17 is not a weird score. Uh, 19, 15. I'm going to go 2013 thir- Eagles. I'm going to change oh, no, my no. score. I'm going to go 54 to 42. <laughs> what you did well, last week is that change five times. His head looked at the set four or five of his predictions, but the podcast was gold. Russ, I was loading yeah. a webpage there, and there's a reasonable chance your voice just machined out. So for the people listening, I know what you're doing you were making fun of the fact that i changed my score last week unlike you i don't four hedge times, five times no i i changed you i said you don't hedge you you said four or five different scores because yeah. then if it if your second score had been right you could have said well you know originally i was thinking this and then yep. i did change it but but you know my second score this is what i was thinking so i i was kind of right there it, it, that's that's hedging man no hold on simply inc- your your logic is is Simply incorrect. What I did was I I honed in on a score. I thought out loud and I set a couple of scores, but I settled on one. I wasn't like the first one is my pick. I settled on the last score. What you do is you give a score and then five minutes later, you're like, I also want to submit this score. Like someone gave you a second entry to a raffle. That's not how it works. Hold you can on change your mind color. on the score, when but I, by the end of the pod, you have to have one score, and that's what I two did. Two weeks so, ago, wait a second. That's not two hedging. Two weeks ago, that is, I that is adjusting. gave a score on the podcast, and as and I then got you said, I want to give a second thought, score. No, I said I think I want to change it to thirty seventeen. I'm not saying like, hey guys, uh, in two different parallel universes, we have uh, in the in the multiverse. I think the Eagles are going to have a broken leg for you know, like no, no. I, I gave a score. That's okay. We're good. We're yeah. good, Kyle. I'm not, I wasn't I'm not, hedging. I was. I'm not, I was I'm not honing in at your on angles. a score. I'm not going full on Chihuahua today. My yep. stomach right now is making sounds that are are making me very worried. Share it. Uh, I thought about putting the mic up to it, but no. No, all right. His mic volume is too low. We'll I get am, it anyway. 
I'm worried that the Tums and Emodium are are wearing off. I think it's time for me to go. Jesus. I'm like also, well, hold on. We're almost done. I'm going to say this, too. I think that I think Carson Wentz is better than James Winston, too. Uh-oh. Mm. Yo, oh, really quick. Can we talk about the fact that Nick Folk last night missed two field goals? And when I woke up in a in a did. awful episode at, like, 2 in the morning, I saw that name trending on Twitter. But my eyesight is so bad that I thought it said Nick Foles. <laughs> and I was like, how did Nick Foles lose in the game? He didn't even play. See, I would have worried, oh, God, what happened to Carson if I saw Nick Foles' name trending? Ooh, that, that's actually a better point. Yeah, so I, I actually don't think you're a real fan because of that. Yeah, any, I didn't start any real fan any would say, oh, my until, God, what is, why is Nick Foles a thing? Yeah. Nick Foley and Dynamite, vote for Pedro. I'll say this. If the Eagles can get the running game going tomorrow or Sunday, if, they, if like they're able to run the Cardinals – then we are officially a power running team and it's going to be super fun to root for them all year. Like if LeGarrette and Smallwood and Clement or Clement, however you say it, are really effective against the Cardinals. Also, guys, we're playing, uh, uh, what is it, Carolina next Thursday. So our next Friday's podcast will be a review podcast of the game the night before, which is amazing. You know, it's really funny. To hear a New Yorker, fuck you. Talk about talk about talk about Philadelphia. Fuck you. Fuck you. About Philadelphia teams. Going a little Cam. Come on, man. That Cam Newton. That yeah. I was going. I was going with the Cam Newton quote. Come on, man. I thought you were going to get it. Of all people, I didn't. Come on. The thing about the Newton quote is he's awful. Well, it is. It is awful. And the video he released after, I think, was just. People loved it. People yeah, loved it. I it did was, not. It's it, so it wasn't fake. scripted. He gets credit for that because I think he just now it may it have been take forty eight. I don't. It was not scripted. He wasn't reading it. You could tell. You could tell if someone's reading something. Now he may have had talking points and have tried it sixteen times, but whatever. Uh, here's the thing about the quote. I'm not. I hate like the. We talked about this on the last one with um, Jessica Mendoza. Um, if you get. Russ is like texting us in every medium that we have. If you have to go, go. Enjoy your enjoy your chat. Bring the microphone to the bathroom. I'm taking the microphone to the bathroom. Well, then right. you're not done. We'll Just see. Come it. back when you're done shitting. We'll see. It. How long are you guys going to be going for? I don't know. No, Let's no see how I just want to finish a point. I want to finish a point. I I thought his his bye. 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 His um. I don't like how people always get bent out of shape with this stuff, and they're like instantly the you know the minute Jessica Mendoza is on, we talked about this last week. She was actually good, but there's a lot of people who just want to compliment someone for being a woman in a position that a woman's not in, regardless of whether she's any good at it or not. And I think the Twitter thing gets bent out of shape. The Cam thing though was so ridiculous on his part that he deserves every ounce of scorn that he's getting. Never mind the whole sexist thing, whatever. It was such an like it was just such an arrogant asshole thing to say. Imagine being in a situation where you acted like that towards somebody and just laughed at their career, male or female. Like it was such a dick. It was he said it in such a dickish way. Like there was nothing. There was n- no defending that. It was, he's just an, he's just an a hole. Like to me, he's more of an a hole than a sexist. Like what kind of asshole stands in front of a group of relative strangers and says something like that? To me, that's why that story got so big, 
because every now and then a story comes out where everybody knows that one side of the opinion is the right side and we all jump on and just bury the person because we're like, well, no debate here. You were a complete sexist asshole. And it just becomes like the thing, like every TV station I turned on yesterday was talking about that. And everybody got on their high horse and respected women and talked about the profession. And I always like, I always end up going the other way and I would never defend Cam for what he said, but I always, I'm like, you know, with these journalists, like getting on their high horses, like, yes, it was fucking dumb, but like, we don't need to like hear, like, like it's just constant. Like it was, it was one of those things where he said it, it was dumb. He lost his sponsorship and people are still like, and to trumpet female journalism. Yeah. Like I get it, (laughs) but come on. Like it's people use it to make themselves seem like a, like a, like a higher person. Like they're a better person because they would never think like that when 95% of people don't think like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not, a, it's not a hard stance to make, but people are like, I'm ready to give a speech. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like we, we all like, come on. We all knew as soon as it came out of his mouth that he's, that he was super misogynistic for doing that. But yeah, anyway. no, I agree. And if you're, I spend all day on Twitter and I think I start to go against like you, I start to go against the grain on things like this, not because I I agree with what the person said, but because some people in the media, especially and with follow like when he can't when he said that there was just a million tweets. And then when um, I forget one of one of the SI girl, um, she gave Jenny like Brentus. No, no. Someone else. She uh, Maggie, wrote a piece about route. No, but someone oh, did a Maggie video. Gray. I think it was Maggie Gray who had interviewed him and she said, I thought it was me. He wasn't looking me in the eye. Turns out it was him. And it was this long thing. And it was very, very self-serving. And everyone in the media. You know what, Kyle, this reminds me of? It reminds me of, and this is going to sound crazy. It's like when the Vegas massacre happened and all of a sudden on, on my Instagram feed, I'm seeing people post their pictures in Vegas and talk about how I'll never forget when I was in Vegas four years ago and I had a great time. So crazy to see this. It's like, this isn't about you. Okay. With your thoughts and prayers, bullshit. Stop self-serving other people's plight. That's just my, my issue. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's why, that's why I sometimes go against the grain on this stuff and it makes it seem like you're whatever, but I, his, his comment was so bad. It was, he's just an asshole. There's, I don't yeah, think there's any other way to asshole. say it. He's an asshole. That's the thing. Yeah. Sometimes someone's an asshole, and it's not <laughs> representative of like a culture's view of a profession and its gender roles. You know what I mean? Like sometimes Cam can just be an asshole. You know, like I don't need to hear about how every athlete doesn't make the the right amount of eye contact. And I'm going to look like an asshole for saying all this, but no, um, you're right. You're right. You you can't. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I'm sure there are guys who treat women differently, but yes, I think that women are treated differently all the time. And I do think this profession as a whole is harder for women than it is for men. And I do think that they have to go above and beyond and they shouldn't have to. Uh, and maybe that's just uh, like a fear they have, but, um, man, I, I just, 
you know, it becomes it becomes this whole thing where we eviscerate this guy, and then he comes out there and he makes an apology. And I do agree with you. I do think that it was a little manicured, and I do think that it was uh, maybe only in response after he lost um, a sponsor. But like, I don't know. I just, I just the 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 reaction sometimes is so overwhelming. That I that I I get insensitive or I get desensitized to the reason they got upset in the first place, and by yep. they I mean anybody online. Yep, totally agree. Totally okay. agree. All right, all so you what would you say uh, in, in out of a hundred in percentage? How much of that do you think is confident towards an Eagles win? Ah, <sighs> uh, I mean, I picked Where against them. I picked against them. I mean, I, I don't know. I'll go, I guess I can't go above 50%. I would say, I'm tempted to say like 52, even though I think they're going to lose. Is that, does that make sense? Can I no. do that? Is that a hedge? Like, I think, I think I'm like, I'll I go, think they're 58%. All right, I'll go 46. Okay. I'll go 46. It's probably higher, but I did pick them to lose. So I will, I'll, I'll own it and I'll go 46. Russ obviously thinks they're 50 2%. Russ will take the range between 25 and 75. He's just going to take the field. He's like he's like, he's like the guy instead of picking a number in uh uh roulette just puts it on black. And it's like, well, I don't need that much, but hey, it gives me a, I'll take a 48% chance of being correct here or whatever it is. I this can't is wait money for the roulette. Russ. I don't think it's 48%. Yeah. I can't wait for the Russ tweets later. All right. Uh I don't play roulette. Yeah. I play craps. It is that crazy time of the year, man. Baseball playoffs, Flyers have started, Sixers around the corner, and the Eagles are three and one and hoping to move to four and one. Uh, it's exciting. It's October a lot of shit TV going on. sports TV season is a great TV season. Really, is. I know, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. All right, for Kyle, for Russ, I am Lefko. Hit up Kyle at Crossing Broad. Hit up Russ at Joy on Broad. I am at Adam Lefko. Uh, it's been another full week of episodes of Crossing Broadcast. We appreciate you very much. While you're at it, leave us a five-star review. It helps people learn about the pod. Uh, and Monday, we will break down Eagles Arizona. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Love y'all. Be safe.